to the Dude Logic Podcast, the place to bond with bros over topics men talk about and women to step into the mind of Mr. Everyman. I'm your host, Chris, and I'm in the studio with the effervescent and very poignant AJ. How are you? It's good to finally get a chance to get on here, talk. Hopefully I'll get to grab a couple fans here and there. And um, you know, I'm sure there will be a few of you who agree with what I have to say and a few of you who are going to disagree. But that's all in the game. And we have a special guest here. Say hello to our friend, D. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. How are you today? D is here in the building and uh, looking forward to uh, being of topic, being worth something. I know you're going to like what I have to say. And uh, I'll be expecting some uh, emails, fans, whatever. That's just what it is because I'm that guy. So <laughs> let's get to this. <laughs> Gentlemen, as you know, this is our first podcast. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Ready, excited. Up. Let's get it. And so the way that we're going to do this is that we start out with just nonsense. We're talking about nonsense. You say whatever's on your mind. That's pretty easy for me to do. All right. Let's get it. All right. Let's get it. What's irking you right now? Man, it's Fantasy Football League that just finished, man. Man, <laughs> football. man hold on. Before you even get into it, I know who you're about to talk about. Uh, Ross? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to Ross. You get you, you're getting it on on the, right now, sir. I hope you're listening because it's coming. The heat is coming. All right, go a ahead. A little Shane. bit of background here. Uh, you know, Chris, AJ, and myself. We we all grew up together. We know each other. We also participate in fantasy league together, fantasy football. And this is the first time in the six year league existence that we had a back to back champion. He won two years in a row. His name is Ross. And I would hope that on his next trip to the mailbox, he slips and dislocates five vertebrae in his back. <laughs> Just five? Just five. And I, I'm going to tell you why. This guy beats people so convincingly that no one talks trash. Even if he's losing, people look at his roster and they're like, well, hell, he still has three receivers and a quarterback left. Yeah, you're up by 100 and you lose by 80. <laughs> Pisses me off. I know I'm not the only one that's experienced this in the fantasy football world. At, at some point in your league ex- existence, you have this one team that, whether it's for one year or multiple years, just completely dominates and makes you look like you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> he did that this year, and I, I honestly have to say I respect him for it, but if it happens a third year in a row, he has to get banned from the league. Yeah, I agree with that. I have no issue with that at all. I mean, honestly, let's be real. Fantasy football, you, like, bad things happen to everybody except this dude. Did he lose a player during the season at all? (laughs) No. Every one of us dealt with injuries. This guy, he could have left his starting roster in from day one and they would have won the championship. And it was unbelievable. It was ridiculous. I feel like I'm the only one in the league that ever says anything to him. And on top of that, I'll say it in French. And I didn't finish in first place, but that's okay. (laughs) Because <laughs> uh, I gave it my, 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 my hoorah I tried as hard as I could You know what I'm saying This is what upsets me about, about him winning uh, the, the league this He's year cocky about it yo Okay first of all He stole co-commissioner from me mm-hmm. He wasn't even in the running I had done everything in my power to show that I could be a better co-commissioner Right mm-hmm. I get all the way to the final vote There's only three people left to vote All of a sudden he's like Well I, I think I want to throw my name in who does that? We're already at the point of finalizing votes for a co-commissioner. I still I'm, think I should have been co-commissioner. I made the mistake of telling Chris, who's the commissioner of the league, hey, 
you know what? If Ross threw his name in there, I'd probably vote for him. That's called being a sportsman. I didn't actually think he'd damn do it, but he did. <laughs> and Chris is like, well, you did say if he did it that you vote for him. Don't bring up what I brought up in conversation to you. I know what I said. Wait, 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 wait. We're saying don't bring up what you brought up in conversation. You have to say in confidence before you say it. I did. And oh, it wasn't. It wasn't. This is not the media. I don't have to say off the record <laughs> before I have a conversation about fantasy football. Hey, we're doing a podcast. we got to say off the record, right? Uh, man. We do not want it to be published. Uh, are you kidding me right now? Like, are you kidding? Ross, you get on my nerves. And that's all there is to it. I am coming for you next season. Like, as far as I'm concerned, Ross is going to finish in 12th of 12 next season. If, if We have 14 next season. Oh, yeah. We are expanding the league. So, if there are two people out there that are, are trying to get in, Absolutely. let it be known. Let it be known. Hey, here's an idea. If you win the league two years in a row, your entire team gets dismantled. How about that? Can you build something from <laughs> nothing, buddy? Huh? So, this, for you listeners out there, this is a point of contention among all the <laughs> league members because everyone wants to get rid of the dynasty league that we have developing here because Ross has won two years in a row. This guy walked out of the league final payout between high points, the championship, whatever else he won. Weekly high points. Nearly $400. This man walked away with nearly $400 and it was only $50 to get in the league. <laughs> Do you know how mad I am that this man put in 50 and almost got back $400? We're not talking about tacos here anymore, people. We're talking about the creme brulee, okay? I think at this point, he needs to get rid of all of his players. You want to win $400? Here's the penalty for it. You start from scratch. <laughs> now, you know what? Here's, here's, here's one you can do. Now, we have keepers in our league. And for any of you who don't know what that means, that means that we have players that are on our roster that we are allowed to keep on our roster the next season. I think he should actually have to pay a real dollar amount for the two players that he keeps. So if it costs $80 to be in the draft, you know, to keep him, he needs to put up $80 in real money. But here's only one other problem. We're doing three keepers this year. So that means if he decides to keep his three top receivers... He's almost guaranteed to repeat because of what he did to us this season. Yeah. We were children to him. He spanked us. <laughs> I mean, I just need for the warlock in the league to go ahead and put that voodoo on him. <laughs> and them top two receivers need to just go ahead and sit on the bench. This entire nonsense section ended up being an ode to Ross of sorts. Ripping Ross. Ripping Ross. Oh, that's what we got to call it. Ripping Ross. All right, Man, so that's coming back. We're doing that at least every other week. <laughs> I, I'm going to make it happen. I will. I promise you I will. So the next topic here is a listener submitted topic. And we'd like to really thank the listeners for sending in things for us to talk about here. And this one particularly deals with why are men attracted to women who dress provocatively? Otherwise known as... If you perform during the 1994 Freaknik in Atlanta. Or if you're on Instagram taking selfies in a strip club dressing room. Or if you've ever been eligible for an AVN award. Why can't we look away? Such a dude. The main topic. I have a question. Yeah. Okay, in the world of pets, right? Dogs are so simple. You know, mm-hmm. but I saw a cat the other night that was sleeping in a box that was too small. Okay. Like, it literally flattened the box. And, again, you know, they make the whole physiological comparisons between men and women, how, like, men are like dogs and women are like cats. <laughs> so, if if women don't get mad, remember, this is a man show. So, if... P.S., this is D, not, not A.J. or Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... Okay, think about it. 
why would a cat sleep in a box that's too small for it? That's equivalent to wearing clothes too small. But mm. those are both proponents of things that females do, right? I don't know. I'm not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. I'm just saying, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to start. Of course, it's going to cause an argument, but think about it. Growing up, I know you ran into a woman, whether she was teenage or grown, mm-hmm. that had on something that was too small. Oh, for sure. Oh, we see yeah. that every single day. Every day. And then there are those on the flip side who wear clothes that's ill-fitting, way too large for them, don't accentuate what they do have. There's, there's a fine line between being ridiculous and, and superfluous, if you will, yeah. and, and, and knowing what it is that you have and being able to accentuate that. But see, that goes both ways because the stereotypes that are created in America, even in other countries... Is it is it acceptable? Because you have people that have their own in, individual engine, and then you have those that are built into the world of Barbie. True. So it is it's, it's it's not an argument to be made of whether it's right or wrong. But my thinking behind it is, where do you stand culturally? Are you are you in the vacuum that was created years ago, where society says this is how you have to look, this is how you have to be, this is how you have to dress, or are you an individual? Who wears that bright yellow shirt in a sea of black? You know what I'm saying? To stand out and to do your own thing. It's never meant to, you know, oh, well, this is slutty, this is skanky. But it, it opens up the concept of the thinking of where you stand within the, 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 the cage, if you will, that society's put around our minds. You know what? Forgive me, gentlemen, but I want to go ahead and, and spend a little extra time on that topic, right? Um, so we've all been there. There are these women that may... Ne- you know, may not necessarily bring something to the table that you would want to bring home to mom. You know, some might call them vapid, may may consider them not having a whole lot of personality, but they look good. And when they're on Instagram, you're following them. And so is 200,000 other dudes that will never get a chance to meet them in real life, but enjoy seeing their picture pop up in their in their feed. What do you what do you feel about this? But what's in a picture? Like, what is the driving force behind wanting to look at pictures? I can tell you it's very simple. It's the law that we learned in high school. Was it middle school? You ring a bell long enough, a dog will salivate. Mm. It's the same concept. They're putting their bodies out there because they know men like to see women in almost nothing. It's like an immediate physical trigger. Okay. Hmm. Uh, it's classical conditioning is what you want to bring that to. All right. Pavlov, right? Pavlov's dog. <laughs> Pavlov's dog. All right. We're going to take it there. It's good. Real. Okay. All right. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, yes, at, at a certain level, we are men. And as, as men, I believe that there's a certain part of us that is animalistic. We crave beautiful things, beautiful women, beautiful cars, beautiful homes, beautiful... Like, these are things that feed into the baser instinct. And, and I feel like we can live up to a, a, a higher standard because as human beings, we have the ability to do so. But at the end of the day, sometimes you're just going to get caught staring at a picture that you shouldn't so, be so, Okay, at. so let me ask you this question. When you were six years old... If you had a friend who had that, that cable channel spice that was fuzzy and you only saw two-tenths of a second or something, you, you were there, right? You, you were into that two-tenths of a second because it was something that you weren't supposed to see, but you were exposed to it and you wanted it, right? Uh, I might have waited until I was nine. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I had that cousin with that channel and I definitely watched some, some, some TV that I wasn't supposed to watch it. At that <laughs> All I'm saying is, is that when something... Skin Max, shout out. Could could be considered taboo, but when you're young, you don't know any better. But even at that age, it was something that still caught your eye. It was something, hey, what is this? Mm-hmm. Oh, I like this. Why is that? No, that's the bigger question. Why? Because 
you don't see little girls running around doing the same thing little boys are doing, right? Well, maybe now, but I'm just saying in, in terms of the conversation, in the context of what we're talking about, mm-hmm. right. you don't see young women doing the same thing. So my question is, why is it that we as men do? I, I think that's something to really look into. Maybe if not now, then later. I agree with you on that. You didn't see you, you don't see little girls running around uh, fantasizing about the Idris Elbas of the world and the, the Shamar Moores, but I, <laughs> I for sure... <laughs> Uh, wanted to holler at Stacey Dash and Clueless when I was, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I get that. Like, why is it that as, as as men, even at a younger age, this is something that drives us, whereas it didn't seem like that was something that women uh, really fantasize about, you know, or, or even thought about to begin with. So on that note, we have a question here. Why do men like celebrity women when they have no shot at them? I can, oh, I, let me jump in. This is D, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to keep this real simple, real basic. It's the fantasy of making something out of nothing. How many people in the music industry are dating other people in the music industry? Out of those, out of those relationships, how many of them actually succeed? Hmm. When you have me, people like me that are like, hey, if Sanaa Lathan would come and knock on my door, we'd be happily ever after. <laughs> Why? I understand her craft because I'm an outsider looking in. When you know all the ins and outs, it doesn't leave anything for you to look forward to. And then you're ending up, you're fighting. You're fighting for her time. And you're basically making her choose between you or her career. Hmm. You're not going to suffice her career unless you're an African prince with $50 million in spending money. Let's be serious. So I think part of that comes from the fantasy of saying, hey, I've been able to get this extraordinary woman, not because of what I have but was not what I can offer. And I think a lot of times that's what happens. We as, we as the normal people can offer things, or at least in our minds, that we think are better than a large bank account. Now, that's, I, that's a valid point, but I'm going to take it even more basic than that. Uh, we've been conditioned to want that. It's in our face. It's airbrushed. It looks perfect all the time. You never see them when they're rolling out of bed looking crazy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's why... I'm attracted to celebrity women. But but you know what? It's 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 really just a, a base level attraction. There's nothing deeper than the physical. And at the end of the day, what I want for a woman that I want to take home is much deeper than that. Now, when you say take home, you mean like take home to your mother? You like... I mean, you know, a woman that I can marry, if you want to oh, use okay. that word. I know, we don't, I, know, I know we don't like to use that word as single men. I, and ladies, I am single, by the way. Uh, but, um, you know... It's one of those things like I, I need someone who has a little bit more going on than just what they present on the outside. I need someone with, you know what I'm saying, with some with some uh, intelligence, with a little bit of a of uh, a sense of humor. I need someone who has something to bring to the table besides what they can offer me visually. We're talking about this right now. As grown men, we've been through a lot. But why is it that way in high school? Why is it that the popular girls are the hot ones? They, they, they always seem to offer something that everyone else doesn't. Hmm. And what I mean by that, the most popular girl was always wanted by all the other top dogs of other schools. And what happened, all the girls in the school were t- stereotyped based off of Miss Hotness. Whoever she was, everybody was like, oh, well, because she's stuck up. Oh, well, your school's stuck up. Wait a minute. You, you just put everybody in a box because of this one young lady. But it was always something. She had that it factor. She always had... Maybe the prettiest eye color. Maybe she had the long flowing hair. Whatever it was, it was something that was physical because nobody was worried about what their GPA was. I can tell you that right now. 
It was more so what can you offer me physically? And if you're on my arm, can we walk in a room and literally take everybody's breath? So let me ask you this. Is it which came first? Did the popularity come about because of the hotness? Or was it the other way around? Did the hotness actually come about because of the popularity? No, we're talking high school specifically. We're talking about high school. Absolutely. All right. I mean, well, if, if it's high school specifically, I'm, I'm going to say that the popularity came as a result of the hotness. Um, you know, because let's be real. At, at 14 years old, you're a freshman in high school. You're not thinking about what does she offer, you know, for long term. It's, it's, it's a very narrow focus at 14. At least it was for me. Um, she makes me feel some kind of way when I look at her. Therefore, I am I am focused on this one, and, and I and I'm pop, she's popular because of it. I have to agree. I, I think that the the popularity comes from the hotness. If someone is physically appeasing to the eyes, then you're going to talk about her. And then when you're at baseball practice, football practice, all of y'all are talking about her. All of a sudden, you have three fourths of school talking about her. So guess what? Not only is she the most attractive girl in school. Now she's the most popular because she's on everybody's mind. It's true. I mean, that, that pretty much is essentially what is, what is the definition of popularity, right? You know, whether you're being talked about, negative or positive, you're being talked about. People are, are talking about you, they're thinking about you, you're popular. Um, I mean, just like when we were in middle school and, you know, who's that first girl that develops before everybody else? She, she went away for the summer, she came back, all of a sudden she's on everybody's mind, she's on everybody's tongue. <laughs> uh, no pun intended. But... You know, it, it, it happens. Like, that, at that age, we are driven by animalistic instinct. And if you make me feel a certain type of way, if there's something about your body that catches my attention, all of a sudden, you are now in the forefront. And you get an opportunity to, to be seen and heard more than people who are, are, are more modest in I appearance. Th- I think we have to be conditioned to, to pay attention to more brain over beauty. Oh, I agree with you. I, I think that's where it all starts from. I think that because we are, you know, trained, so to speak, to to look at beauty in, instead of brain. Because I know some very attractive females that are about as intelligent as a box of burnt rocks. <laughs> I mean, we all do, right? Yeah, but because of their beauty, they get by with things and, and you're left scratching your head like, how in the hell did this happen? Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. There's nothing. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but at the same time. How can you justify that? Because in life, you can't... There have been people that have gotten by with that. Okay? We all know it. But we got to figure out a way to get around it. But hey, it's not my country. That perspective just comes with maturity. You know, at at 14, the AJ that I was then wasn't looking for intelligence or charisma or a sense of humor. I was just trying to kiss the cutest girl in school, period. Um, But as I grew up, I learned to, to, to look for, for more attractive qualities. So that leads to the last point of this podcast. And I'm glad you brought that up, AJ, because it's talking about how do we transition into manhood? Where do we go when we go from this person in high school who's just very animalistic in nature and really interested in the very short-term future to being grown now and having careers and, and having things to worry about and wanting to develop a lifelong relationship with someone. Where does that transition take place? I mean, that's a hard... We can, we can speculate on that all day. Uh, 
I might go ahead and say the first time I had to pay a bill with my name on it, change my <laughs> process. Um, Cause I need somebody to bring something home besides the smile on her face. Um, and I mean, I mean, but I, in all honesty, I mean that I, I really do feel like that was a pivotal moment in my life and my maturation process for sure. Um, you know, there are those those moments for some people. It's graduating from college. For some people, it's landing that first job, that that career path, etc. Or it might have just been the first time you got burned. Talking to a girl that had nothing more to, to to give you than her beauty, and you realize that this is terrible. I cannot even talk to her for more than five seconds at a time without being disgusted. And then you realize I'm gonna piggyback. I think it comes from experience. Once you get that first bill in your name, or you know, you start having to deal with things on your own, you have to change that first flat tire. You got to deal with that broke down car on the side of the road. You don't have. You know, mom, dad, uncle, neighbor, friend, the call is just you and nature. Mm. And I think once you have that experience, then all of a sudden it changes your way of thinking because it's like, oh, well, I have to survive. I think survival mode kicks in for people. And that's when the transition takes place because you're not being coddled by mom and dad anymore. And I think when we do hold on to life's experiences, trying to shelter ourselves or our parents try to shelter us from things psychologically I think it can actually hold us back because when we have to deal with these experiences when they're in front of us what do we do so I think what we're talking about here is external influences on this transition but what happens internally kind of take our listeners through the process of what happens internally as you as you progress from this boy with these boyish tendencies to a man who is interested in manly things and who is interested in developing a lifelong relationship with someone. I, I think you, you start wanting more, you know, um, it, it's kind of like what AJ said, you know, you go from wanting someone with just a beautiful smile to, to, to having a, a companion, someone that can, can bring something to compliment you as a person. If you eat steak all day with no sides, then I mean, what are you, what are you actually eating? Is it a meal or is it just meat? And it's the same thing in that concept. And in going through that process, you want more. And then in wanting more, it's like, well, what qualities do I look for? What are the things that make me happy? And I think internally, you start to create a list of things that you look for, whether it be career-wise, love life. Anything that you want in your life goes through this process of meeting your needs that you've created in terms of what best fits my life. I want to go ahead and say that, that was an excellent metaphor, I, I, I have to say. And I and I piggyback off of that and say, I, I really do believe you're correct. For me, I think it came as I started to realize the things that I was, I, I'm good at. What what do I bring to the table? And and as you said, it's it's about complimenting that, right? I know that I'm I have certain things that I bring to the table that I that I'm I'm, I'm good at, right? Uh, and I want to make sure that I bring a woman into my world. That can pick up the slack where I fall off or compliments me, pushes me to continue to excel at the things that I'm already excelling at. And uh, a pretty face just doesn't do it. You know, I mean, it's I mean, at the end of the day, yes, we all want a beautiful wife. We, we all want to be able to walk in a room and have everybody else be mad at us. But <laughs> I also start to think about what happens if I have children. What happens? You know, I lost my mother at an early age. And I know what it means to lose a parent. What happens if, if, if something would have happened to me? 
Is, is this woman going to be the type of woman that I want to raise my children? Is this woman the type of woman that I want to be able to hold it down for me if I, if I ended up traveling in my job? Or if, God forbid, something were happening, I'm not, I'm not able to pull a check in. Is she going to be able to take care of that? Um, you know, what are the values that she's going to instill in me, my children, my children's children? These are all, when I started pondering the future, when I started really being concerned with what was going to happen to me 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the line, was when I started to change my thought process as to what it was that I'm attracted to. So can we agree then that it is a certain maturation that takes place? Yes. For sure. And it's developing a sense of responsibility. Yeah. Yes. Responsibility in all areas of life. Yes. Yes. And so, you know, you develop responsibility in terms of taking care of your bills and taking care of yourself as a man. And that actually transfers to your interest in women. Yes, yeah. they they go hand in hand because you you have to represent yourself, and there's no way that you can say you want an A list type woman and you're living a D list life. No pun intended. You know, it, there's there's you have to be able to say if I want an A level woman, then I have to make sure I I have an A level life. Not saying that you have to have the best of everything, but you at least want to have your your working pieces in order and you're organized because the worst thing that you can do as a man is being disarray. A life in disarray can almost guarantee you to maintain a life of disarray in other aspects of your life. They all transcend together and they're all connected. So if one area is out of out of sync, then the rest eventually will be out of sync. But when everything's humming on the same page, you can see the difference. I, I agree. I agree with that and, and wholeheartedly. And you know what? I feel like I'm agreeing with D too much right now. <laughs> so, uh, you know, don't 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 hold that against me, listeners. But no, in all honesty, I think it's what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Chris understands what I'm saying. Um, but in all honesty, it, it's it's about when you figure out the life that you want to live. You 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 have a little respect for yourself and who it, who you are. You you feel the need. To find something that you deserve. I know that there's a woman out there that I deserve and who deserves me. And I'm going to find that. And, you know, it's so much. As I grew older, I realized how much, how, how complicated I am as a person. And it can't be black and white. Life is not black and white. It's, it's gray. It has all different colors. And, and I need a woman that can bring that. A, a a great amount of of I am struggling right now, y'all. <laughs> Give me. Uh, I'm trying to make this too complicated. I need a woman who can bring more to the table. We said that, but that's really what it is. And so we've established here: responsibility, responsibility, responsibility. That's what's the driving force between this transition from a boy to a man. And we're sitting here talking about men, and so I want to go ahead and get into a next segment that we have. And this segment, I'm sure, will be a favorite of all of our listeners. <laughs> I'm sure. It's called Manly or Mitchly. Oh, <laughs> snap. I'm ready. Let's do it. It's time for Manly. <laughs> or Mitchly. In this segment, we'll talk about a current event or an anecdote submitted to us by listeners. And we'll discuss whether the action can be considered manly or Mitchly. Oh, this can, is can you explain what Mitchley is for our 
for our <laughs> listeners. I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody knows what a manly action is, but what what is a Mitchley action? A Mitchley action is, of course, uh, this word is a portmanteau, and it is man and another word that rhymes with Mitch. And so a manly action could be considered something that is very macho or or could be something that a man would do. Whereas a Mitchley action is something that is really can be seen as shirking from responsibility or allowing something to take place that a man should not allow to take place. So man law is a violation of the man law. Is a violation of the man law. Exactly. Oh, it is. It is. All right. And so for this segment, we'll bring on special guests to take the manly side and the Mitchley side. Okay. Today's manly or Mitchley topic comes from a an article that we've pulled here from thepostgame.com. And the title of this article is Why Houston Texans star J.J. Watt's mother wants him to have plastic surgery. In our Manly vs. Mitchley segment, we'll bring in two guests. And on the Mitchley side is going to be our friend here, D. That's right. How you doing? How you doing? And we have a special guest, our friend here on the Manly side, A.A. Ron Balake. Introduce yourself. Yes, this is A.A. Ron Balake. I am from the Pacific Northwest, uh, specifically Portland, Oregon. And I uh, plan to bring an interesting perspective to this this topic. And I'm thank you very much, gentlemen, for having me. Thank you. Uh, all respect goes to you. All right. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and read this article. It's Namaste. very short. And we'll talk about whether this is Manly or Mitchley. What a difference a year makes. Last year at this time, J.J. Watt's Houston Texans were preparing for a playoff run while the hulking defensive end was having the best season of any defensive player in the league. This year, Watt's team has 13 straight games, lost, and he's facing the possibility of an off-season nose job. The 24-year-old told the Associated Press that at the urging of his mother, he is strongly considering having surgery on his nose, which he injured in week four. A gash on the bridge of Watt's nose required four stitches at that time and left an ugly mark that is still visible. It sometimes breaks open during games, and Watt has had to have it repaired each Sunday. Watt's mom wants him to consider getting a nose job to fix the injury once and for all. She hates it, Watt said. Watt said he's going to give the injury some time to heal over the offseason, but if it doesn't get better, he'll look into surgery. So, being pushed by your mom to get a nose job, is it Manly or is it Mitchley? Let's oh, that's, start. That, that's Mitchley. I'm going to tell you why. Gladiator sport is football. We're not running around playing cricket. It's football. No offense to people that play cricket. I actually like it. You have to understand that there are going to be injuries. There's going to be blood. There's going to be broken bones. Every year it happens to somebody. How can his mom, who, of course, she loves him, that's her child, tell him that he needs to get plastic surgery? It's not your face. It's his face. Granted, you have to look at it, but that's your child. If his face gets jacked up for the sport that he's played that's helped put you in that house, got you driving that car... You just got to deal with it. That's a side effect of playing football, period. Well, uh, this is this is A.A. Ron Balake coming to you again. And I just want to say, um, this brings up two very interesting things that I want to want to talk about. Uh, first off, 
plastic surgery in men, and I don't necessarily see that there's an issue with, with men getting plastic surgery these days, and, and, and I believe it's very manly to listen to what it is that your mother has to say to you. Who are you? And, uh, excuse me, sir, I did not interrupt you while you were saying what you had to say. Please respect that, thank you. Um, you know, his mother, his mother cares about him. And, you know, it, from a certain perspective, as a, as an a elite athlete, you have to be concerned with your body. If you don't hold your body together, your body will not perform at its highest abilities. So I understand why his mother might ask for him to do that. And, I, and I, I've never seen it as being anything but manly to listen to your mother. But we're talking about a nose. It's not like his, his leg has fallen off and he has to get a new leg or, or anything. We're talking about a nose. What, what possibly can, can you justify in getting a nose job done if you're not a model? Well, Men should not get plastic surgery unless it's for something that is definitely below the waist. Well, I mean, well, let's, let's talk about public health here. If it's in the NBA and you start to bleed, they pull you out of the game. Well, if this is something that's causing you to bleed every week, week in and week out, for the safety of the other players, I believe it's something that you should address. You know, let's, let's, let's be real here. Bloodborne diseases do exist, gentlemen. They do. And uh, if his mother is looking out for the well-being of all the others involved, I think it's a great idea. So if that's the case, if I get a concussion, I should retire. <laughs> you know, there are people who would, who would support that. There are proponents who, who think that if, if you get a concussion, that you're risking more to continue to play the game than if you were to walk away. On the Michelin side, what we have is that there are two issues at play that are making this Michelin. Number one, he's getting plastic surgery. On his nose, right? On his nose! And number what? two... He's being forced by his mom to even consider it. It's not even his woman. It's his mother. <laughs> I mean, again, I understand the whole respect factor. It's his mother. It's plastic surgery on his nose. Who does that? <laughs> and so on the manly side, we have here that, yes, it's plastic surgery, but it's a matter of public health. It's a matter of his safety. And it's a matter of his health personally. I mean, and, and it, it's also to appease the woman who brought him into the world. Yeah. You know, I mean, what is wrong with that as a man to do something that makes your mother more comfortable? When she sees you on TV, when she sees you on TV... Grow a pair! That, that was just immature, sir. Okay? Was it? I, I am... You, you have to... If you are insinuating you that my testicles the woman have yet to drop, Who does sir, that? I appeased I her by putting her in that man. house... I appeased her by paying off all her bills. That was a side effect of trying to turn around and get in this league. That's something that I had to work hard for, and I helped her and did everything I was supposed to. If I want to walk around with a busted nose as a side effect, <laughs> as a glory trophy for me playing a gladiator sport, so be it. That's my choice. I agree with that. But, I mean, I do see some valid points coming from both sides. I'm not going to choose one over the other. I'm going to leave that to the, the listeners to figure out later on. But... You know, yes, to a certain extent, it is crazy that if you had not thought about getting plastic surgery until your mom brought it up, that's a little, it's a little suspect. But at the same time, I can see where it would be advantageous to go ahead and take care of something that, you know, you got the off season, go ahead and get it done. Come back when it's time to go back to OTAs and minicamp and, and, and you know, be back to, to being the J.J. Watt we know and love. But couldn't he have presented it in a different fashion? I mean, that, 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 that's the thing that I'm, I'm trying to figure out. You're in a national syndicated magazine. 
telling the entire world, oh, well, my mom wants me to get my nose fixed, so I'm going to do it. That, that, that doesn't say man to me. Well, you know, let's, let's look at it from the perspective of he's, he's, he's a 24-year-old. You know, he hasn't necessarily come into his own. You know, he's an NFL player. How does he, how is he not in his own? So well, just because he's able to bench press 405 pounds, we now have to assume that he's capable of making the best decisions for him. There are doctors who say that the man's brain doesn't fully develop until the age of 25. Oh, come on. Where do we get these people? Risk assessment. Chris. Let's be honest. Risk assessment. He doesn't know what he's risking at 24. That he may look back at 40 and say, you know, I, w- I wish I would have listened to my mother. He doesn't know what he's risking. He steps out on the NFL gridiron every Sunday, putting his body on the line to make tackles, to make plays, to give his team a chance to win. He has to go through rigorous off-season training and conditioning to maintain what he needs. And you're telling me that he doesn't know what he's doing? That A man is not going to let that happen. We'll just have to agree to disagree on this one, sir. Make me sick. <laughs> All right, listeners. So this is the time where you get to chime in. We're going to have our closing arguments from our Manly representative and our Mitchley representative. And you get to decide. Please send in your tweets at, at DudeLogicPod or on Facebook at the DudeLogic Podcast. Or you can send it to our email, which is DudeLogicPodcast at gmail.com. And tell us, is today's topic Manly or Mitchley? All right, A.A. Ron, for the manly perspective. Um, I just, you know, I honestly believe that it is, it is it's somewhat childish to call a person's manhood into question because he chooses to make a decision to better himself, whether it comes from his mother or any other external force. He has the right to make that decision. And I think it is ridiculous to say that this action is Mitchley. So therefore... I have to stick behind it being a manly action. All right. I, I'm sorry. Chris, be quiet on this one. This, this, this is going to be real simple. No man should ever have plastic surgery on his face unless you're doing, like, the movie Face Off, which was amazing, by the way. But honestly, what man gets plastic surgery on his face? This man is putting his life on the line every day that he goes out on that field, whether it's practicing, OTAs, whatever. Anything could happen. He could overheat. He could get a severe injury. There are a lot of things that could happen. I don't see players running around getting reconstructive arm surgery. They break their arms. You know, they have other pressing needs, concussions. There are many other factors. A nose, it gushes because of a gash that he received playing the game. The same game that I'm sure has helped his mother advance her lifestyle. For her to say you need to get it fixed is one thing. But for her to suggest plastic surgery and for it to be considered in that tone... I had a problem with that. I don't think any man should ever feel pressured by his family or anyone else to feel that they have to get plastic surgery, specifically on their face. That doesn't happen. Manly. Or Mitchley. You decide. All right, I appreciate D and AA Run for coming here for our Manly or Mitchley segment. And now we'll move on to the end of our podcast and we'll have a weekly segment here called AJ's Gripes. And it's where our friend AJ just goes off about something that's bothering him. So, what's your gripe, AJ? AJ's Gripes. AJ's Gripes. AJ's Gripes. Well, you know what? I, I think this is this is uh, something that is very uh, 
poignant for the date that we are releasing this. It is January 1st, 2014. And, you know, we can talk about New Year's resolutions. And, you know, the most widely heard New Year's resolution is I'm going to lose some weight this year. I'm not going to be the same person at the end of this year physically as I was at the beginning of this year. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, I'm a personal trainer by trade, and I hear it every single day. And you know what? I'm all for it. Anybody who wants to get healthy, I'm the first person to support you in that. But when I start to tell you what it's going to take, and the first thing that comes out of your mouth is, I can't do that, or I refuse to do that, then it gets on my nerves. Okay, first off, it's not hard. You know, our grandparents have been telling us this for years. What do you want to do if you want to lose weight? Well, you start eating right, and you get off the couch. You start moving, and you stop eating the bull crap that you've been eating. Okay? That's not a difficult concept to understand. If you've been doing one thing for as long as you have, you're going to have to do something different to get different results. All right? When you tell me you want to lose weight, but you don't want to stop eating at McDonald's five times a week, that's a problem for me. And we're going to have to work that out. That's an issue that will need to be resolved. If you want to lose weight, but you don't like getting up off the couch and walking down the street, or like, you know what? You're a couch potato. And the remote control isn't sitting right next to you, and you'll leave the TV on the same channel just because you refuse to get up and go turn the channel on the TV. Yes, TV still have that option. We can still do that. I just need for people to be serious about wanting to lose weight, wanting to get in shape, and knowing that it needs you, you have to put some effort and energy into it. It's not going to happen just because you say it's going to happen. You got to change your lifestyle, and, and that's bottom line. If you want to lose weight, you're going to have to start taking yourself seriously. You're going to have to make your health and wellness a priority and stop using excuses. I'm too busy. No, you're not. You're just not allocating your time properly. I have friends who are always going out and drinking. Well, you need to start learning how to pick up a bottle of water when you're hanging out with your friends. It's not going to change your relationships, and, and you're still going to be able to foster the relationships that you have with these people. That's my AJ's gripe for the week. AJ's gripes. AJ's gripes. All right, guys, that does it for our first ever Dude Logic podcast. All right. right. Yeah. Hey. You gotta bring me back, man. I feel honored being the first guest on the first installment, man. This is great. I don't mind making uh, future guest appearances. Uh, for those that want to know what's going on with me, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Deshane ATL. That's the letter D S H A N E ATL. And uh, follow me. I'll follow you back. You know, I'm always good with uh, cracking jokes, being a smart aleck, and uh, quite frankly, keeping smiles on. So. Hey, vote me back home, send me messages, tweets, hate tweets, everything. Doesn't matter. Come see me. All right, AJ, you got anything going on? Yeah, you can follow me at AJ's Meltdown on Twitter. AJS Meltdown on Twitter. At AJ underscore the underscore trainer on Instagram. And AJ's Meltdown.com. Yo, I loved it. Had a great time. Definitely enjoyed it. Looking forward to doing it so many more times to come. For the podcast, you can look us up on www.dudelogicpodcast.com. You can follow us on Facebook at the Dude Logic Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at, at DudeLogicPod. That's Dude Logic P O D. And on Instagram at DudeLogicPod. 
Thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll be back to you a week from today. See ya. See you next time, folks.